Hallelujah. And we know. Romans 8 and 35. I want to read this. This is not my text, but I want to read this. It's so good to, uh, for, for us tonight. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? <laughs> Nobody. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress or per- persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? Absolutely nobody. Nothing. Nada. Any other no, 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 no words we can come up with. It's not happening. God loves us. Amen? Amen. Would you stand for the reading of God's word? Here's my text tonight. Romans eight twenty-eight. Reading from the New King James Version. And we know... Everybody say it with me. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love Him. Hallelujah. To those that love God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to His purpose. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you pray tonight as we go to the Lord? Father, I thank you for your word. It's already anointed. I ask you to anoint me tonight. Let the power of the Holy Ghost that dwells deep within me, Father, let it come forth. Let it be the speaker tonight. God, hide me behind the shadow of the cross, Lord, that I can speak your word with boldness, God, and in love. And I ask you, Lord, to let us receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. I just want to preach for a few minutes with the thought, and we know. Hallelujah. Isn't it awesome when you know something for a fact that there's nobody that's going to, nobody's going to tell you any different about it? You know it for a fact. I coach baseball. I know some rules for a fact. So when someone wants to argue with me about a rule, you can argue all you want. I will tell you the facts. Umpires try to tell me, it's this way, it's this way, this way. I said, you are paid to enforce the rules, not to make them up. You are wrong. Here is the rules. I know it. I know it. I've read it. I've asked umpires before, please go home and read the rules again. You don't know them. That's my job as a coach. Fight for my team. Don't, don't get all upset, Pastor. What, what, Pastor, just being mean. No, they need to know the rules. The rules of the game, three strikes, you're out. Four balls, you walk. It's the same with all the other rules. If we don't have the rules, we don't have the instruction, we can't play the game correctly. But we know things about the rules that's going to help us to play and plan for the game. In the Word of God, He shows us, and He says, and we know, and we know. We have something in our heart. We can know it for a fact. It doesn't matter what anybody else tells you. It doesn't matter what the enemy tells you. wants to whisper in your ear. And we know. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to break it down just a little bit. What we see is an interesting part of this verse that I want to point out. And I've already said my title. And we know. This is a statement of faith. It's a statement of confidence. It's a statement of assurance when you know for a fact that you know something. Nobody's going to twist it around. Nobody's going to tell you any different. You know it for a fact. This Word of God, we've hit it in our heart. This verse right here, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To get this verse into reality in our life, we must believe. 
Believe what we're reading. Believe this word of God. Once again, when I was youth pastor, I would hold this word up asking, asking for humans first. I would ask them, do you believe this is the Holy Bible? Do you believe this is un- the, the un- uh, unfallible word of God? And once they said yes, they were committed. Now let's dig into it. What does it say about you? What does it say about me? What does it say about our God? And we can learn from it. And that's exactly what we do. Tonight, we know from reading our scripture, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. I want you to get that in your spirit tonight. To get this verse, though, in reality in our life, we have to believe the Word of God. We have to have faith in the Word of God and what it says. Is it relevant for 2021? Absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. We must know that God is going to work things out in His way. I've been preaching over and over and over about His thoughts are not our thoughts. I I preached the other day about His time is not our time. We have to get that into our spirit. Once we realize He's in full control, it'll help us be in peace with things that are going on around us. When we don't understand why things are happening to us, we can understand God's in control of it. He's in control of every situation. He's going to turn it for good to those that love Him. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I didn't say hallelujah. I just didn't. To get the blessings of God into operation, you don't just have to hope or just wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That's the word. But you got to have some faith. you got to have some faith. You have to have some hope. You can't just sit around. You must exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. Most all of us have confidence that when we walk back to the light switch and we flick it up or down, that the lights are going to come on or go off. If I'm doing the wiring, it's just a 50-50 chance. I'll tell you right now, that's what it is anyway. <laughs> Maybe a zero-zero chance are coming on if I'm doing it. But we have faith in so many things in this life and in this world. If we had faith like that in God, faith in His Word, just like we have in a light switch of flicking it on, the light coming on, Faith that we know that this thing that we're walking through is going to be turned to good even when we don't like it, even when we don't want to go through it, even when we don't want to walk it out, it's going to be turned to our good, to his good. I think about that. He's going to turn to his good. Everything he has is mine. That's what my boys say about me. Amen? If you've been working outside in the yard and you're hot, you're tired, you're sweaty. You get a big glass of cold ice water, set it on the table, and it just sits there, and you look at it. You can tell it's thirst quenching. You look at it, and your mouth is, you know, it went from that cotton mouth, and now it's getting a little wet again. You're like, man, I got to get to that. But you never get up and go get a drink. That ice water didn't do you any good, did it? didn't do you any good at all you can just hope or you can just wait you can have faith at some point it's going to float over and pour down your 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 throat but it's it's not going to happen it's not going to happen it doesn't do you any good until you step out and go pick it up and drink it your faith does you no good until you start exercising 
that faith. You have to exercise your faith. Stand on God's Word. When everything else has been shaken, we've heard Pastor uh, Bishop say this over here, uh, Bishop Webb, over and over and over. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken right now. We need to understand that when things are shaken in our lives, we need to stand firm on God's Word. Amen? Stand firm on God's Word. Exercise our faith and stand firm on His Word because... And we know, and we know, Paul's giving us some instruction. Paul knows by personal experience the words, we know, shows that Paul has seen it for himself. (laughs) He wrote these words because he's seen it himself. He already knows. He already knows. We can argue doctrine, but we can't argue experience. All right, we, we like to argue everything in the church. You can argue your preferences. I once heard of a church up in Illinois. They argued over the color of carpet. They didn't want it. They didn't like it. It was red. Who cares? Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. I remember a story about these pews in this church that Brother McEwen told. He's talking about it's supposed to have more red in it to match the carpet, but it didn't. Who cares? There's been a lot of people saved in here with green pews. A lot of people filled with the Holy Ghost. A lot of people healed and delivered and set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. And they didn't once say, I almost didn't make it because I'm green pews. God, I just barely made it, but this carpet really just irritated me the whole time. God help us. We like to argue ways and, and different things in the church. But you can argue ways to do things, you, but you can't argue experience. When you've had that experience with God, that's what Paul had. He had seen the power of God work, and he knew it. So many people only have a knowledge of spiritual things, but no reality of God. I see that a lot of times. I do that a lot of times when I was in school. I had a head knowledge of something, but I didn't really understand it until later on in life. I'd get to reading, and, and, and I could read a, a solution to a problem and, and work it with the mathematic skills that I have, and I could do it just exactly what they said it to do it, and I'd come out with their answer, but get me away from their piece of paper, and I couldn't do it. I didn't understand it. We need to have an understanding of the Word of God. We need to have a spiritual experience. We need to have that experience that you can't argue with, hallelujah, like Paul had. So many people have a knowledge of spiritual things, but no reality. Let's not just preach about it. Let's experience. Let's experience it. Hallelujah. Let's not just talk about who God is. Let's have a personal revelation of who God is. Amen. I was praying the other day, and God God kind of poured this into my heart. Let's not talk about the latter-day revival. Let's have a personal revival in our soul. You know, when one person in our church gets set on fire, gets revived for God, it's, it's going to be contagious. It's going to be contagious. Today, if I get the story right, Serenity said something about, to Cardin, said something about, uh, do you know what I'm allergic to? And Cardin, being a boy and being a smart aleck, said, I can tell you what I'm allergic to. It's you. So Serenity, came, she told me all about it. She's telling me, I said, well, you go back to tell him you're not contagious. Do you know what? We get set on fire. We're going to be contagious. We're going to be contagious. We need to have a personal revival that makes us contagious. Hallelujah. How many of you know that fire is contagious? 
Amen. How many know fire likes to start in dry things? Boy, some of us are in perfect position for this. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God knows what he's doing. Amen. <laughs> and we know. Hallelujah. We have to have more than just a head knowledge of the Word of God and the miracles of God. We have to see it in our own lives, in our own families, in our own church. We need the monument moments in our life where we see God move, where the hand of God puts finances in your hand you never expected. When the hand of God saves one of your loved ones, you said, there's no way he's ever getting saved. He's untouchable. God can't even touch him. He doesn't want God. There's no way he's going to serve God. And he walks in and gets saved on red carpet and green pews. Hallelujah. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. We have to have them experiences in our life. I'm going to skip through here. I'm going to go quick. I don't want to hold you long. The next thing I want us to see in our text is the words, all things. All things. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things. I think they're asleep in the sound booth. All things. All things. This is probably the most important phrase. We have it up on the board. The most important phrase. Paul says, all things. Not just some, but all things. You guys are not getting it. It's all things. It's everything. Everything. God's in control of it all. We obviously think that blessings of life are beneficial. But what about the negative things in our life? He says all things. All things. They can all be turned around by God. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? I believe that how you answer that question right there is a turning point in your Christian life. If you can't believe that God works in all things, you're in trouble. Because this is the Word of God. We're supposed to be believing the Word of God, and it says all things. So if you can't believe that, you're in trouble. It's all things. If you do not believe that God can use the bad times and work through them, you'll be doomed to a life, a life of complaining, a life of bitterness, a longing for greener pastures. We got to believe he's in the all things. He's in the all things. When we're, in the, when we're in the middle of a trial or walking through the lowest valleys, the darkest nights, it's hard to see how this will benefit us or God. I had a preacher one time tell me about his, his granddaughter. He said, there's no way God got glory in this. I didn't say a word. I wanted to respect the man of God. But I remember this is it all things. God, I don't understand why they're sick. I don't understand why they died. All things. All things. He didn't say just the things you like. <laughs> he said all things. All things. Many times we encounter a difficult situation. We see what is really in our hearts when we're in the down times. Coaching baseball, if you don't know it, this is Bo Harmon sitting right here. Bo Harmon and Peyton Foster up there won so many state championships and World Series. I don't even know how they count them all, their trophies in their house. But there was times when the chips were down. Things were not going well for us. Really what happened is they thought they were better than what they were, and they wouldn't come out and play as hard as they thought they needed to because this team could never beat me. And next thing you know, we found ourselves down 6 nothing. 
and our dugout is in disarray. Everybody's upset. Everybody's mad. I'd look at Peyton. I'd look at Bo and a few of the other guys, and I'd say, change the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere in this dugout. I want to hear laughing. I want to hear playing. I want us to pay attention to the game, but change the atmosphere. We're not going to be down. Just because we're down now, we're not going to let this dictate how we're going to act. Change the atmosphere. All things work together for good. All things work together for them to go. When the pressure's on and there's stress, stress there, it's, our, our stress meter is blowing its top. The real person comes out. The real person you are comes out. Amen, Pastor. You're doing a good job. We must let God's Spirit work in our lives so much that when we come against a struggle, what will come out is our faith that God will take care of all things. (laughs) All things. This is a testing that God puts all of His people through. Next, I want us to see that the word uh, good, that the good and the bad work together for good. The good and the bad work together for good. All of our afflictions, our trials, difficulties work together or cooperate. How can that be? The good and the bad cooperate. He said all things. He said all things cooperate together to bring about results that God is going to turn to good. Hallelujah. That's what the Word says. Do we believe the Word? Amen. Do we really need the good things and the bad things? Yes, we really need them both. What makes the victory so great? The battle. The trial. That's what makes the victory great. You see where God took you from and where He's got you now. Hallelujah. 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 What makes you endure the battle? The knowledge of the victory. There's victory at the end. Life is a collection of difficulties and victories followed by more problems and more victories. I believe the greater the battle, the sweeter the victory. Carden's little team this year has come close on a couple games. We tied a team last week in our next game where we down a run with two outs and we lost by one run. They're learning how to win the victories. They've come such a long ways. They're learning how to win. And we've kept the right attitude through the whole thing. And, and against the best team in the league, we lost by one run and shouldn't have. We were the better team that night. Victories come when we battle. But you know what? When we're in the middle of that battle, we can't get down. We can't be upset. Throw in the towel. Fine. If this is the way God's going to treat me, I'm done. That's, that's directly to somebody tonight. I'll just let you know that. If there's not a test, there's never a testimony. Hallelujah. You must understand that Satan is the source of bad things, and God is the source of good things. James 1.17 said, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Praise God. Hallelujah. He can take even the things the devil meant for evil and use them to bring about good. God can take the everyday inconveniences and make them good. 
They can all work together for God's glory. When I'm behind the wheel of my car, I can't see the need for anyone else to be on the road. But sometimes I've had an experience in my life where that slow driver was my protection from a major accident. Dad kept telling me that. I said, it can't be possible. can't be possible. can't be possible. And I don't know how many wrecks I've rolled up on. If I just kept on going, I'd have been in the middle of it. So that slow driver, God, thank you for him. Keeping me from getting a ticket and let somebody, let Brother Kirk get the ticket. Thank you, God. I just tease him, Brother Kirk. Hmm. I want to make sure that you realize that all the good and the bad times will work out for our good. We will have victories if we believe that everything will work out in God's plan. All things. It won't always work out just like we want. Boy, that's a big problem right there. Because I prayed specifically for a problem and I wanted it to work out like this. And God, you're not listening to me. God, you know, I prayed. You said you'd give me the desires of my heart, and you didn't give it to me like I said. Be careful. It won't always work out like we want it. But we will not be overcome by the circumstances. God will cause everything to work out for his good because we love God and are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. There will be times you can't see how and everything will look like it's going to collapse. Why is this happening? It's going to collapse. But if you will pause with that thought. I hate the pause button. These boys love it. They pause everything. I'm like watching TV and they'll pause something. What are we doing? Sometimes we need to pause our thoughts and stand on his word. Stop looking at the circumstance. It goes back to magnifying. What is a magnifying glass? You're making something small bigger. When we're talking about God, we're magnifying him. He's not a small God, but what we're doing, we're magnifying. We're getting these specks on and seeing him closer and closer until no longer can I see my problems. I see God in front of me. I see God moving in my life. We need to magnify God when the circumstances are overwhelming and we don't think there's any way out. Everything, everything, all, 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 all things. Look at these examples. Joseph, everything went bad for Joseph. If you know any, any Bible at all, you're going to know that Joseph had a rough time in life. Brothers selling him off, women lying about him, staying in prison. That's enough for me. God, what in the world are you doing? I'm in prison. I can handle that lying woman. I can handle my brothers. I'll beat them. God, what this, this prison? What in the world? I didn't do anything wrong. He was one of the few people that could actually go to prison and say that. I didn't do anything wrong. Genesis 50 and 20. Here's the words. Even though you planned evil against me, God planned good to come out of it. <laughs> this was to keep many people alive as he is doing now. Job. Wow, Job had a rough time. Need some better friends. We see that too, that Job needed. God gave him twice as much as he had before. Job 42 and 10 said, After Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored Job's property and gave him twice as much as he had before. 
if Job would have known in Job chapter 1, verse 1, what was going to happen at the end, he might have been a little more peaceful. He might have been sorrowful for things going on. But I think he would have had a bigger perspective and understood God's got this thing. He's working this out for me in all things. Hallelujah. The brook drying up for Elijah was thought to be a bad thing. Elijah probably thought it was a bad thing. Food, I got drink, I've got shade. Got people trying to kill me and I'm hiding out here. This is pretty good. I can stay right here. And then the brook dries up. No more water. Wow. The brook drying up for Elijah was thought to be a bad thing, but God, but God, but God used it to supply oil for a little woman in a drought. (laughs) Hallelujah. Boy, that makes me feel good all over just talking about that. How about the cross? Satan thought he had killed Jesus, but God worked it for the good of mankind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And we see that this promise is to them that love God. This is a promise in the, in the word right here. And it's to them that love God. I believe that these last several statements refer to the fact that this promise is to the believer. We, we see this in Scripture. It's to the believer. Amen? Are you reading it different than I am? Those who love God. If you're not a Christian, then you cannot expect God to work things out for you. I don't know how many people I see not living for the Lord, doing whatever they want, leading their own life, never giving God a second thought. And when something goes bad, then it's God's fault. Oh, why'd you let that happen, God? This is all your fault. He doesn't owe you anything. He doesn't owe you anything. You're not following him. You need to pray to your God. Lord, help us. It is God's will for everyone to be saved. It's our job to to accept salvation. Just like that glass of water I was talking about earlier. It's our job to get up and get a drink. It's our job to go to God and believe. He said, just believe. But if you have answered the call to salvation, then you have the legal right to expect everything to work out according to God's will. Amen? Since we have this legal right, as believers, we can expect everything to work out. But how do we get this promise into reality? That's, that's a good question. Here's my suggestion. When things are going bad, don't complain. When things are going bad, don't gripe about it. When things are going bad, don't fret about it. When things are going bad, don't worry about it. When things are going bad and COVID-19 is going everywhere, put fear to the door. Kick fear to the door. Let peace take over your heart because he's going to turn things. Hallelujah. If you do these things, you'll stop the flow of God's power to work everything out. If we're complaining, we're griping, we're fretting, we're hindering our own blessings. 
What do you do when someone gets the parking space we're after? Happened to me the other day. You're wondering what I did, didn't you? You're thinking, what did he do? I didn't do anything. I kept my lips shut and kept driving. Acted like I didn't even see that open spot. And they'd run in there real fast. Just whistle. I passed one test. What do you do when you have a flat tire and you're in a hurry? Are you complaining? Man, Willie, he shouldn't have given me this bad tire. I'm just teasing, Willie, if you're watching tonight. He's a good friend of ours. What do you do when you're late for an appointment? Oh, my. I've got one child that's not married and not in college. And that boy is the latest boy ever. I'm not going to tell you his name. He's late for everything. It doesn't matter if I give him a time. I bought him an alarm clock the other day. It doesn't matter. He's late for everything. I didn't mean to point that way. He's late for everything. So you don't know who I'm talking about. And he'll make you late for your own appointment. I know that frustration. What do you do when you lose your keys? She is. What I do when I lose my keys, ask the boys. They've lost them. What do you do when your plans are changed? What do you do when you lose your job? What do you do when you lose your marriage? He'll still work it out. He'll still work it out. (laughs) Integrity and character are not revealed in the easy times. The the integrity and the character of a man or a woman is determined by by how you react in the difficult situations. When things, when the chips are down, when things are going bad, when everything's collapsing, circumstances have gone crazy on you. How are you acting? Are you still trusting in the scripture? Are you still trusting in God? We must express our faith in God that He will work everything out. And we can do this. I love this part. We can do it by praising God. The joyful noise, I know all about it because I'm not a singer. But I'll go around and say, praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise Him. (laughs) Praise the Lord. For my God and Abbot's praise, praise the Lord. For the change that seemed to bind us. I don't know the rest of the words. See, I'm not a singer. Serve only to remind us. They drop powerless behind us when we praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Whatever happens, give thanks. Because it is God's will in Christ Jesus that you do this. How do I give God praise when I've lost a baby? How do I give God praise when I've lost a son? 
I never said any of this was easy. When something goes wrong, can I encourage you to break out into a praise and not a complaint? Start praising the Lord. God, I don't see it. I'm not happy about that. I'm not praising you for something going wrong, but I'm going to praise you in spite of what's going wrong. While preparing sermons, I feel like I've been preached to more than ever before. I'm guessing, since I've only been preaching a few years, every preacher goes through this. I sit in my office and pray. God help Drew not to complain when everybody around me is wrong and is out to get me and won't be nice to me and won't pat me on the back, won't love me, won't fix my favorite food, won't mow my lawn, won't take me to a ball game, whatever else you want to put in there. God help me. God help me. Not to complain, but to praise you, Lord, even when things are not going my way. Remember that when things don't go your way, and we know, <laughs> we have the knowledge that all things work together for good to those who love God. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me tonight?